0: hey everybody welcome to the sharp tongue podcast i'm your girl jesse Mapeluso. this is a grief survival guide episode 19 how to handle your holiday triggers and we know there's a lot of them so that will be in the episode i'll have a list and there's also going to be some resources and links in the show notes so be sure to check those out the video will be available as you know on youtube like and subscribe please go to youtube.com forward slash Jessie May Peluso. All of your liking and subscribing helps me grow as a performer, so I appreciate it ahead of time. I appreciate your consideration. And if you do have time, to go and leave a review for the podcast. It always helps us to know what you're enjoying the most, so we can give you more of that. You can go right on the Apple app and do that yourself. And as always, if you want to get in on the Dr. P of it all, when we have Dr. Peluso, Peluso episodes you can go to my Instagram story Sundays and Mondays and answer the question right on my IG story or you can email us and you can also always email us anything suggestions and people who you'd like to see me interview topics you'd like to see me cover Jessie May Peluso comedy at gmail.com is the email and don't forget you can call in that's right you can call into this podcast give us a call leave us an epi- uh, a voicemail and we'll play it on the episode it's for all things Sharp Tongue Podcast. And this is a special episode. This is a grief survival guide episode where we get into the things that trigger us around the holidays and ways to cope. It's my list on how to cope. I'm not a doctor. I don't think I know everything. I can only tell you what I've experienced having lost both of my parents to various illnesses. I feel like I want to share how I've coped and what I've dealt with. And so that's what this episode is compiled of. And if you guys also have any suggestions for future grief survival guide episodes, people you'd like to see me interview or specific topics, please email me at the email comedy at gmail.com and let me know what you're thinking. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. I hope you have a pen and paper ready, and you can get something from it. And it helps you survive this holiday season, and more to come in the future. This is how to handle your holiday triggers. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep 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 beep. You're listening beep. to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host Jesse May Paluso. It's a personal Comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and fun. Hey everybody. It's me. Welcome to a grief survival guide episode 19 or 20, I believe we're at. And this is how to handle your holiday triggers. We will get into my top five holiday triggers in a little bit. But first, I want to do a little bit of recap of my holiday travel, which is a trigger of its own. Let's be real. Might have to be six on the list because I don't believe I added traveling to the list of triggers. I am at my sister's house in Syracuse, New York. Please have some concession for this session because there are random ambient noises and I don't have my regular setup so I appreciate your patience well it may not sound perfect I hope it sounds as crystal clear and beautiful as we can make it there are a lot of screaming toddlers there are screaming people in general parents and toddlers screaming seems to be the new Christmas Carol this year and I'm not against it I you know I grew up in a loud household, for the most part. It was only my sister, myself, and my mom and my dad, and eventually the neighbor's dad. (laughs) Um, Yes, my life does make me laugh. My, My upbringing does make me laugh. And sometimes the truth hurts, so the better option is to laugh. My household was kind of loud. I grew up in a Sicilian setting, which just is really a it's carbonara it's its sauce it's columbus bakery bread it's um a lot of spaghetti and meatballs and screaming and so i feel right at home i feel completely safe here <laughs> in the chaos but it is honestly nice to be in it to hear the noises of a household i feel like there's chaos in every household in some way shape or form and that Becomes the shape of the family, you know, just the noises that are in there and and the sounds and the sounds of cooking and talking and music and TV and running and dogs barking. The the cacophony of chaos is beautiful in of itself. And so I feel grateful to have this familial symphony as my background. I don't know if you can hear it now, but Elliot is screaming at the top of his lungs. (laughs) to me, it literally is music to my ears. And I think because on the other side of everything I've experienced, I have really stepped into gratitude and being grateful and not feeling so, so heavy all the time. Not that I don't feel heavy sometimes. Obviously, the holidays are triggering. That's why I wanted to record this episode and and discuss that. But to holiday travel. Let's start there. So I flew from LA to Syracuse, which is never a unchallenging situation. It's always, it always comes with its challenges because there is no direct flight. So anytime you have to get off a fucking plane, I swear they added layovers to make money in airports. I feel like there weren't so many layovers 10 years ago and now there's layovers all the time. That being said, Syracuse has always been a very difficult place to travel to. You, you, you have to lay over from Florida sometimes. And so it's, it's traveling um, hell to get here from Los Angeles. It's a full day of travel. And especially when you go back against the clock, it's even a different situation. Um, well, no, that, I mean, going towards the east, you're, uh, it's a full day because of the time change. When you go back, it's a little bit easier. But so I already have an understanding that travel is challenging. I think I discussed last episode or the episode before that when I felt the challenges and it actually made me have a reaction because we have discussed that I'm also experiencing a cuntopia um, experience in my life. I've discussed it on the Deuce podcast and I think I discussed it here on Sharp Tongue. I have too many podcasts. So excuse me if, if we've already discussed this or if we haven't. Yeah, I feel cuntier than normal. For a lack of a better phrase, there is a a fire in me, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I feel like it's a motivating fire. I hope it's not, you know, it could be just indigestion. It really could just be indigestion, and I and I'm I'm mistaking it as this like motivational fire that's in my gut. Who knows? But it has created a interesting static that I haven't experienced before in life. And so I am a very amenable, joyful person by nature. My mother used to call me her California baby. I think I've mentioned that on the pod as well. And I was always laid back and I'm I'm relatively a laid back person. So it takes a lot to push me to a place where I am caught off kilter, where I react. I have installed a certain amount of um, what do you want to call them I guess tactics into my life into my regimen to help me ward off the beast like exercising and meditation and hiking and even psilocybin sometimes marijuana to help me become level and have a a gentler approach (laughs) to life in a more stable excuse me, a more stable mentality. So all that being said, I did lose my shit a little bit traveling a few weeks back. I may have reacted to a fucking very spicy Delta agent who we won't get into it. But I say that to say that I, I, I have some reactions under my belt. Not proud of it. I always try to understand that people are experiencing their own internal turmoil and their own familial turmoil and existential crisis. And that is what keeps me being a kind person. But every once in a while, motherfucker catches me on a bad day. And I unleash the beast. So when this flight happened, I, I happened to get from LA to Syracuse I happened to get upgraded to first class. I am status. Humblebrag. I'm status because I've flown I've flown. I flew so much, so much <laughs> last year that I was able to get status and I often will get upgraded. It's a nice perk of the gig. When I have to travel all over the country like some sort of, you know, Star of David world tour where I'm going up and down and across and over, I feel like I'm being ping-ponged from coast to coast. Once in a while, having an upgrade, it it feels nice. Gotta be honest, this shit feels nice. So I'm sitting in first class, getting nice and cozy. You know, I'm I'm sanitizing. I'm setting up all the things I need. I've got Chaplin with me this time. That's a whole other situation that we'll get into. I've got Chaplin in his bag. I've got my new backpack that I found the perfect size that can fit under the seat in front of me and, and so I'm getting myself all cozy cozy you know I'm, I'm I am a anal retentive human being so I like to have everything set up nice for the flight I'm just about all settled and a family comes crumbling down the aisle that's the best term I could think to use to describe the way they came onto the plane it just it felt like their life was in shambles and they were literally crumbling and I could feel their pain so I, I, I started with empathy and I could feel the bitch being like, oh, this, this toddler better not be sitting next to us. This kid better not be sitting next to us. I'm going to have a fucking problem. if the And the kid sits next to me. The mother has the toddler on her lap and the dad's across the aisle having a seat next to the next oldest child. So we got a whole fucking family in the row. Two kids in first class. Am I crazy for thinking that children should not be in first class, let alone on the fucking plane? Is that the bitch coming out? Do we need the kids on the flight? Couldn't somebody babysit? Just, But this is coming from a non-breeder. Parents need to travel. My sister travels all the time. I know she's had challenging flights with her kids. I'm still like, leave the kids home. Nobody wants to deal with it. But I get it. You want to travel. You want them to have experiences and be well-rounded. It is it's a conundrum and it's one that I don't want to deal with when I'm in first class. Cause I even was in the mood to have a red wine and you guys know I'm off a sober October. I barely drink anymore. And so now it's a treat when I have some and here comes this, this kid in, in staring at me. That's the thing about little kids. They just stare at you. And and some of them, you're like, there's nothing behind those eyes. I'm sorry, sweetheart, but you're going to have a challenge with this kid. There's nothing behind those eyes, but some of them, you feel like they figured you'd out. They figured you'd out. They look right at you and you're like, how do you already know who I am? How have you figured out what my weakness is? You don't even speak English yet. Why are you looking into my childhood like you know where my flaws and shortcomings are? You're too. Back up with the dead eyes. Back up with the deep stare. That's all you get with kids. Dead eyes or deep stares. The deep stares scare me more than the dead eyes because the deep stares, deep stares are the ones that figure you out. By the way, Deep Stairs would be a great name for a novel. Throwing that out there for us, for Steve, for Steve King, Stefan King. So they sit next to me, and I just breathe through. It. I'm like, you know, they're probably going home to see their family. Maybe they haven't seen their family since quarantine. A lot of people are getting back into the swing of seeing their family and seeing what. You know, friends that they have, that they haven't seen in a while, seeing what they're up to, and I'm trying to understand that people haven't been traveling. I'm taking a photo of the pod right now. I'm just trying to get some cute shots of us while we're recording on the road. Um, It's it's an exercise in empathy when we're traveling and, and doing things now because... People haven't been able to see their loved ones. So I'm I'm understanding that this child that's sitting next to me is going to see someone they probably haven't seen. That being said, when I started to smell the diaper, I lost all my empathy. I started to smell the diaper, and it was right after we got served food. And this is such a fucking... <laughs> I'm not even trying to flex. I'm only venting the craziness that occurs and and really where you need to check yourself like, oh my God, I'm able to afford a flight home and I'm being fed. God forbid I smell diaper, but I don't want to smell diaper anytime. I don't want to smell diaper where there is a diaper. Let alone in first class. Let alone in first class. Let alone when you're on a plane and you're just biting into your rubbery chicken. You don't want to smell diaper. And I smelled diaper and I I, I had to order a second wine is the whole point of the story is that this child <laughs> drove me to drink. <laughs> this child drove me to drink. And um, it was a real exercise in not opening my mouth because I felt bad for them because they hear all these parents have to go and change their diaper in a in a small bathroom in first class. I mean, at that point, there's got to be like remember back in the day we used to have a smoking section, which was just so ridiculous. Even though this is still the same ideology, it, it, we should have a diaper section, and it should be in the back, and and keep it away from all of us. Maybe even the cargo. It's kind of cruel. Is it cruel, or is the diaper cruel? It just was really a. Um, a statement on keeping yourself humble. You got to stay humble, sis. You got to stay humble, you know? Because if I was sitting back in coached, I wouldn't be smelling this diaper. Maybe that's the lesson. Stop trying to live a life that you can't afford because here's a dirty diaper to keep you humble. The, the kid kept spilling all of the drinks in between the mother and I on the armrest. And after about the fourth time of my cup being spilled, I learned to not put my cup there. So that was a lesson in me, you know, fool me once type of scenario. And luckily it wasn't the wine because I wouldn't have been so calm. I would have, but still I felt so happy in my choice that I haven't had a child yet because I could see the defeat in this woman's eyes. And I feel that pain when I'm with my sister because she is trying her best and she's doing great as a mom, but it is challenging. These kids, all they do is challenge. So dealing with the diaper and the wine really was a humbling experience and also a setup for me to be like, well, hey, this is a great tone for the holidays. A dirty diaper and some red wine. What could go wrong from here? What could go wrong from here? And on my flight, you know, I I usually teeter between getting some real work done and watching the shittiest movies on earth. I chose the latter and I didn't choose a shitty movie. I chose a movie that I have always loved and a movie that my neighbor Julian had seen for the first time. Julian's in his mid thirties and had just seen this movie for the first time and had a real appreciation for it and actually loved it. And him and I share this love of film and he described this movie in a way that I didn't even realize as I was watching it when this movie came out and then multiple times I've seen it, I didn't even watch it from this perspective. So with his perspective, I rewatched it and it's dirty dancing. Everybody loves dirty dancing, but he discussed how beautifully written it was and how it gets deeper and deeper within the characters and how the dad evolves and the tough subject matter and the way with which the, the story is, is driving and the characters are developing and so i watched it from that perspective and b- dirty diaper or not i was m- emotionally moved by dirty dancing in first class i was singing along with the songs probably a little wine fueled there I-, I was crying i was laughing it-, it was it was an emotional roller coaster <laughs> and i want to thank my neighbor julian for kicking that into gear for me another thing that he has inspired me to get into is Letterboxd. I just signed up on Letterboxd. It's basically social networking for film lovers and for people who actually enjoy movies and enjoy discussing movies, which is where Julian and I have a very common um, approach. And I'll get on the site here. I basically what I did was I favorited a bunch of movies that I love. In Letterboxd, the way the site works is you, you basically leave reviews and you can discuss and leave comments and share and, and all of that. Sorry, the camera's probably a little wonky here because I'm on my freaking computer. Uh, let's get signed in. Here we go. So I hearted my favorite holiday movies and I wanted to show you guys the... <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Messages that people leave and comments that people leave on movies. Now, the list is... It's two, four, six, eight, ten of my favorite Christmas movies and one movie that is debatably a Christmas movie. This movie is a very polarizing conversation and we'll get to it last because I don't ever remember watching it. I know I've seen it. It just... Did it make a mark on my brain? So let's start with a movie I just watched last night, A Bad Mom's Christmas, 2017. You got to watch it. Great cast. Mila Kunis, Kristen Bell, Catherine Hahn, Susan Sarandon, Christine Baranski. It's it's great. These reviews are hilarious. Um, This one person said, I'm in Christmas MILF heaven. A girl says, stunning, amazing, perfect, beautiful. Another says, I so wish they went ahead with the Bad Grandma's spinoff. They really should have done a Bad Grandma's spinoff. Another person says, I don't know. I thought it was fun. Catherine Hahn deserves more of these easy check gigs. I I don't know if I would consider this an easy check. I think on on the scale of things and jobs, acting's probably relatively easier comparative to... I don't know a neurosurgeon, sure, fair, but to say it's an easy job, I think, is a real under sight. Is that a word? <laughs> my brain is not working. my My brain has been foggy for for some time. I feel like it's a an oversight. Maybe just a, I don't think it's correct. It's not like they're doing rocket science, but it is a challenging job to make it appear natural. So I think Katherine Hahn is a natural actress. Look at me getting offended by these comments. But uh, this says, 10,000 too many cheaply edited montage sequences aside, this isn't nearly as weak as people are making it out to be. And hot take, I know, possibly even more consistently humorous than the original. Plus, someone could cut out my right kneecap and Katherine Hahn's comedic delivery would still be capable of cheering me up. That's what I'm talking about. Katherine Hahn is a hero in this movie she carries it and 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 she she's also generous with the way she performs okay there's this really cheesy movie i watched called the noel diary which features the dude from Christ, uh, justin hartley from this is us and he's also in bad mom's christmas i watched this movie because i enjoy his acting and he's also adorable this movie it's so cheesy it's the cheesiest of cheese and it's like the hallmark of it all but i love these these comments this one person says why does noel have the handwriting of a founding father it's amazing the the font of the noel diary is very is that what it's called noel diary it is a founding father font and i thought that was a very specific dig someone else said no writer has ever looked like that and then someone else said i thought my tv froze at the end (laughs) Someone put half a star for the dog that's fucked up yeah the dog was kind of I have to agree that dog was kind of shitty someone said better than a hallmark movie but that's not much of a compliment rude triggered rude let it be known that my mother guilted me into watching this with her that's definitely the vibe it's a it's a it's a mom movie okay we're gonna go through these kind of quick rare exports it is a thriller-ish uh, I believe a Scandinavian film um it's so delightful one of my favorites it's kind of up there with krampus you it's just you have to watch it i'm not going to read the comments because a lot of them wasn't a lot of these comments weren't um in english so i couldn't read them anyways but one person said this wasn't funny this wasn't suspenseful suspenseful this wasn't scary this was boring which is just harsh go make your own movie there's a, there's a bunch of naked Santa helpers running around. It's, it's an interesting take on the Santa story. That's all I got to say. Funny fucking movie, Four Christmases. If you haven't seen it, you got to see Four Christmases. Let's read these reviews. I enjoyed this way more than I should have. Any movie where an eight-year-old yells, Google me, bitch, while he's beating up Vince Vaughn is at least three stars. Totally concur. And this one says, An example of how having a great cast doesn't cover the fact the movie is miserable. I disagree. I think it's a fun one. It's a quick, easy movie to watch. Okay, Uh, these people are harsh and that's why I love these reviews. This person says, legit, one of my favorite Christmas movies ever. I watch every year and laugh every time. I love you, Vince. Well, somebody's trying to obviously get in with Vince Vaughn. He's got a beautiful wife, so I don't know how that's going to go. Elf. Who doesn't love Elf? These are in no particular order. Let's see Elf's reviews. If somebody reviews Elf badly, I don't trust them. It's really unnerving that Zoe Deschanel looks nothing like Zoe Deschanel in this movie. That's true. It's all fun and games to you realize your diet isn't far from buddies. It's hilarious. To anyone who doesn't like this movie, I say, I am sorry to cuss this much. You're cotton headed ninny muggins. Yes, I agree. The way me and my family have this script memorized and quoted it year round. Yes. Am I sick? Yeah, but that's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. <laughs> that's a quote from the movie. Um, it's, it's amazing. Love Actually. Okay. Now I'm on the fence about Love Actually. The older I get and the more I realize cheese is real, even though I just got done saying the Noel Diary is delightful. There is a cheese element to this movie, but the cast is, it's, it's, it's incomparable. And I think it's one of those, you know, heartwarming, the easier watch of, of the Christmas movies for people who are going through holiday triggers this one doesn't in my mind have too many maybe it has them all in the way it's delivered you can handle it and it doesn't feel so heavy like a movie like a f- the family stone there's no I can't I don't even know when I'll be able to watch that movie again and it, I'm not going to be a spoiler alert but that movie is very heart-wrenching let's read these reviews for love actually what the fuck was Andrew Lincoln's backup plan going to be if Chiwetel I can't say his last name had to answer the door instead of Kira Knightley that oh, I always thought that What was he going to do if the husband answered the door instead of the wife that he had a crush on? He would have been beat the fuck up in the street. The the streets would have been bloody. The scene where Emma Thompson beautifully wipes away her tears while Joni Mitchell plays Invented Cinema, I wholeheartedly agree. Can we fire the poster designer? Because as someone who has not seen this before was honestly expecting Hugh Grant to get with Liam Neeson. (laughs) Look at the poster. (laughs) a nightly to find love with Martine, Bill Nye to fall for Rowan Atkinson. Needless to say, I was, bolted, I was baited by your honor. That is so funny. Classic and so good. Someone gave this a B. Who is this bitch that didn't put Andrew Lincoln in the poster? True. True and heard. Love Actually, great film. Check it out. Now, here's a classic, A Muppet's Christmas. It's a very merry Muppet's Christmas movie. How could you say anything bad about this? When Kermit wishes he was never born, the alternate universe has the twin towers in the background of Miss Piggy's apartment in 2002, which means Kermit did nine 11. I I can't argue that that's, I wonder if Sam Tripley left that review. The first half of this was terrible. All 20 year old references that stars and stars hamming it up and stars is in quotation. Ouch. Second half got a little better by ripping off. It's a wonderful life and having scooter cage dance seductively to an old off brand instrumental of nine inch nails closer. Wow um the christian god plays a canonical appearance in this muppet move muppet movie i don't know what that means joan q's Cusa- joan kuzak is a fun villain but all the other human stuff is too dry wow these people are rough comrade kermit seizes the moment of production well it's still a classic I, it's crazy these people are tearing apart the muppets but hey you know everyone's got a fucking opinion home alone Fucking classic. Can we say how classic Home Alone is? Still holds up. Even now when you watch it as an adult and his relationship with the neighbor is so beautiful. Let's see what these people have to say. Young Patrick Bateman. Maybe I can kind of see that. A small child and a duo of criminals attempt to brutally murder each other. Hilarity ensues. I don't know why this person left their version of what the movie logline would be. I think they missed the point. The second best Die Hard movie. I remember what I said when I first started, um, left alone, so sad, cried. <laughs> See, that's the thing, I watch this movie and I, there was a sadness to it because of the neighbor, but then it's happy at the end. So all these movies, I think this list is a pretty solid list for being triggered this holiday season. Scrooged, come on, you can't have Christmas without Scrooged. Bill Murray, I'm there all the way. What are these people going to say about this? Am I supposed to find the Scrooge character unlikable and annoying and irredeemable 75 minutes into a hundred minute movie? (laughs) Need a fairy ghost of Christmas present to beat Jeff Bezos into paying his employees more. Uh, That's, that's a solid comparison. Merry Christmas, you bitches. Took me a sec to fall in love and to fall into the tone and visual language here. Oh, I'm already bored by this review. But once I embraced the chaos and fell in love with the decisions like the use of television to blur reality for a main character raised by TVs and working in an industry world where he never let himself grow out of, so funny, so scary. Time to watch more Christmas specials. yes. this this movie is a classic and and it's a take on uh, Christmas Carol with uh, Charles Dickens and you know, Christmas past, present and future, ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. and uh, one of my favorite movies. Now, here's a movie we watch every year, and then we're going to get to the last one, and then we're going to get into the holiday triggers. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I can recite almost the entire movie. Not bragging, just a fact. It's a classic. It used to make my dad laugh out loud. My mom would kind of tisk a little at it because it wasn't her sense of humor. My mother had a very sophisticated sense of humor, but my dad was the pull my finger, and here I am. And I'm not surprised. The reviews are people just reciting the movie. Not as good as I expected, but I had a good time watching it. Well, you know what, sir? You don't fucking get it. And then somebody else said, The music by Angelo Bellamenti. Credit threw me for a loop. I don't know what that is. Tis a season again Whether the sh- when the shitter gets full. Exactly. When the shitter gets full, you know it's a season. It is um, a classic. So now we get to the movie that I talk- I spoke about earlier, Die Hard. Is this a Christmas movie? I don't know. I I can't say that it is, but I'm not a fan of it. And I think fans think that it is. And so I don't think I have any place to say one way or another. Let's see what some people had to say about it. Um, crackling fire in the fireplace, a soft glow cast off by the lights in the Christmas tree, the smell of pine trees, the nostalgic ambiance created by Christmas decorations. What the fuck is this? The promise of a scrumptious and indulgent Christmas dinner. Watching Bruce Willis violently kill people on a lazy afternoon. I shouldn't have interrupted it. It was perfect. That's my problem. I definitely should have interrupted that review. Die Hard is about a closeted gay man decided not to live on the beach with the bad guys. He eventually chooses to return to his normal life and sad life with his wife. This is a gay tragedy. (laughs) Someone said, help cowboy. You guys have got to check out Letterboxd. It's ridiculous. It is so insane and not like so insane, but the reviews are hilarious. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to go through my, my Christmas list of movies. I'll put it in the show notes on the podcast. So you guys have those and I keep itching myself. I apologize. I have, uh, I don't know why I keep itching myself. I don't do cocaine and that's usually what people co- who do cocaine do. Let's speaking of holiday triggers, let's get into how to handle your holiday triggers. Now, there are many types of triggers there, family and travel, alcohol abuse, depression, drug abuse, deadlines, family, finances. The, The list of holiday triggers goes on and on, and I think that the most important thing for me, number one, the way to handle holiday triggers is to be aware have awareness about what your triggers are and how do I know? And I'm not a doctor. I'm not claiming to know everything. I'm only speaking for my experience and things that I have been through and ways I've been triggered is to be aware to your behavior. And if your behavior is toxic or abusive to yourself or others, if you find yourself acting out or reacting or being reactive, that can be a sign that you have been triggered and knowing that your triggers are going to show up a little bit stronger during the holiday season is a a way to get ahead of it. You know, and most of us have regular triggers in regular life, but for some reason around the holidays, it's sentimental. It can induce depression. It can make us want to drink more and, and make us want to seek immediate relief. And usually the, the solutions for immediate relief – have prolonged adverse effects. So that's why I chose to discuss this today and to get into holiday triggers. So number one in dealing with your holiday triggers for me is awareness to them, awareness of what my triggers are. And for me, with my parents being dead and having been a student to grief, my the holidays in general are a trigger for me. And I know that it can make me re- retreat and retract and go inward i've noticed that about myself and i've been open about realizing i did suffer from depression after b- having the the honor of being involved and in having the access to a world-renowned psychiatrist and having him scan my brain having a tangible t- tangible data to show the depression so knowing that i have that tendency I have challenged myself this year to be more social, to get up. And, and when I'm feeling the, the depression pull me, you know, I'll get up and go to the gym, meditate. My sister has a gym here. I'll meditate. I will play with the kids. Sometimes I'll take a nap and rest. It's really about listening to your body and, and seeing what what you need most in the moment to deal with that depression for me and knowing that the holidays having awareness that the holidays in general are triggering and that a trigger for me luckily it's not drinking luckily i don't want to go to the bottle i don't want to abuse my body i don't want to take things and, and and numb it i just feel pulled inward and because i'm a naturally a very laid back and and A joyful person that shift is very apparent for me now having all of the awareness I've developed from doing work on myself and continuing to do work on myself I can feel that pull more now and and the awareness to it is stronger now I think also proclaiming it helps acknowledging it acknowledging that I had depression and in making it this and almost making it outside of myself and viewing it from a different POV has allowed me to have more control over it. You know, the first way to deal with your problems is identify that you have a problem and admit that you have a problem. So number one, my awareness of my depression and awareness of my holiday triggers has helped me. Number two for dealing with your holiday triggers are boundaries, creating space around yourself to allow yourself room enough to cope know we always talk about giving people room enough to grow but what about room enough to cope and my sister and I are really good about that we both know that we've dealt with grief differently we both know that we need different things to deal with that and and what that means for us my sister is a very social person and she thrives off of being social and I think that she gets a lot of healing from that and finds a lot of purpose in being there for her friends and her family and people in her life and I can almost go the opposite way. So we know to be gentle with each other in that space. And, and, you know, I think a way that we've both evolved is I'm coming out of my shell and my sister is realizing she needs to honor her emotions and go inward sometimes. So it's an interesting dynamic that we have where we're, we've are we both lost our parents, but we're on different spectrums. And so we both know that we have different boundaries and that we need different things to be able to cope with what our with how grief shows up for us. Because grief shows up for everyone differently. And and by the way, it won't be a consistent way that grief shows up. It's not to say I'm always gonna be depressed. Sometimes you're angry and sometimes you're hypervigilant and sometimes you're super productive. And that can be a form of grief where you're escaping into work. So I think for us knowing how grief has shown up has allowed us space to create boundaries so that we can cope and so that we can deal with it. You know, um, just this morning, my sister had a very difficult morning with the children and needed a moment and, and I could hear her being upset in the other room and, and I went to her and, and you know, it was this space sometimes, With people like her and myself, I go myself going inward, and her, she's so much more social in this moment. Seeing her give herself a moment to go inward and to feel the emotions made me come out of my shell and want to be there for her. Not that I don't want to do that normally, not that I'm not a caring and compassionate person in general, but knowing that she is dealing with this in a different way has made me more understanding of what my role needs to be for her so it filled me with so much love and great gratitude that I could be there for her that I understood what it was I was supposed to do for her and be able to show up for her and give her what she needed in that moment and I think the tough thing with being a mom is that you don't have a lot of boundaries you you everything is so interwoven into your life. And I think that's why it's important to, for the spouses to understand that and to step forward and say, what do you need? How can I help you along the path of your grieving? How can I show up for you? Do you want me, do you want to be alone when you're feeling a certain way? Do you need to be brought out of your shell? Do you need me to encourage you to be social? Do you need me to give you space? It, there a huge part of grief is the people in the life in the in the life of the person grieving understanding that we don't always ask for help when we're grieving so it almost takes a preliminary approach for the peripheral people in that life to step forward and say what can I do to help how can I help and to be a little in have anticipation of what your partner, your mother, your friend, your cousin, an uh, anticipation of how they are as a person and understanding what they do when shit hits the fan. Do they step up? Are they somebody who is a little bit more bold and brazen because that person might need space when they grieve or they might need to be around people because that's how they are. Or are they the type of person when shit hits a the fan they retreat? You know, it's a it's a, it's a real dance to understand the boundaries. So, hopefully, you are able to create boundaries for yourself in your environment. And hopefully, if you're with somebody who's gone through grief and gets triggered around the holiday time, you're able to identify what this person needs to be there for them because that's that's a big part of it as well. So we've got awareness number one boundaries number two number three for me how I handle my holiday triggers and I will speak about this to the day I die meditation a lot of people talk themselves out of meditation because they think it's supposed to be a certain way it is a practice it is not something to be mastered it is something to practice and to be consistent with if you can only do it a minute do it a minute if you can only do 30 seconds do 30 seconds everyone's got 30 seconds everyone's got 30 fucking seconds. And if you have to wake up 30 seconds earlier to try it, then do it. And the more you do it, the um, the more you see the benefit. It really, what meditation does for me is it's created a breath for me in, real, in the real world. It's allowed me to go to the space I go to when I meditate, when I'm in an actual strenuous situation in the real world. Not that when you're meditating, it's not the real world, but if you get to a place where you can really get to that level of deep relaxation you can feel your brain healing you really can and and, in for me it just creates more space throughout the day where i can give more where i can be there for people and where i can extend myself and it has this really amazing refreshing effect for me i will meditate when i'm exhausted if i have to go on set early and I didn't get to sleep well because I usually can't sleep well days before flying or days before a big gig Because I'm anticipating what I need to do and what the pressures are and and, 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 I, and how I want to show up So meditation is such a great way to give your brain a quick nap, if you will Not that you're supposed to fall asleep I don't believe you're supposed to fall asleep It is relaxing, but it's more about a conscious relaxation Meditation, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. It doesn't have to be, oh, I don't know how to meditate. None of us do. I'm still learning, and it and it, it ebbs and flows. It's not something to be mastered, it's something to be practiced, and it's a practice. And the more you do it, the easier it gets, and you will find how you you will find how it helps you get into the place you need to get into to reap the benefit. And There are meditative things we can do in life. I think people have experienced shower thoughts and driving thoughts. When you're in the car and you're doing this almost automated action that you know how to do, you can do it without thinking, like driving. And you shower. You don't even think about showering. You do it. And when we are in that state, it becomes meditative because we don't have to think about the task at hand. So I'm sure you guys have thought these million dollar ideas in the shower and you've solved problems in the shower or you've thought of ideas and you're creative on the road. I know I have. And that happens because you're in this meditative state, but it's a very conscious meditative state. It's more conscious uh, than you actually meditating and being in that conscious relaxation state. So I say that because we're already kind of meditating in our life and your brain is able to run free. It's like taking a leash off of a dog, when you meditate for your brain your brain's allowed to like stretch and roll in the grass and laugh and giggle and relax so think about that as a a way to handle your holiday triggers I've done it here you know and I do it when I've felt like depression coming on I'll meditate and I'll get out of that state I'll get out of that that mindset and um, I know it's I've referenced it so many times but the biggest takeaway I got from doing the um, the UPW seminar with Tony Robbins, the Unleash the Power Within seminar, is getting out of, you have to be in a certain mindset and, and getting into a certain state. And when you're realizing where you are in your states and how to get into you know, a more energetic place and a place that isn't so heavy. And so for me, when I get depressed, I know that I need to do these things. I know I need to have awareness about it. I know I need to set boundaries. I know meditation helps me get a little bit more energy and relaxation in, in the state of depression and come out of that. Um, number four for how to handle your holiday triggers movement. It's, it's almost like so obvious movement is the number one to me. It should be number one, but you can't have it without awareness. That's why I chose to have awareness as number one for my list. Movement to me is the ultimate state shifter. If you're sad, if you're angry, if you're even if you're hungry, if you're depressed, anxious, it, an array of emotions, movement has this magical way of moving those emotions away. It literally, it almost cleans out your your shitty thought filter, that thought process, and it can be any kind of movement. Again, I think we get so. We overwhelm ourselves so much. We we make it so much harder than it needs to be. You don't have to move for an hour to get a benefit. Obviously, the benefit will be much stronger if you're doing more exercise, lifting heavier, walking further. The further and harder you go, the more benefit you're going to reap. I should have rhymed. I should have said the further and harder you go, the more benefit you sow. But I think sowing is different than reaping. Anywho, I'm not a farmer. Movement is is vital movement has to be in your in your repertoire it's got to be in your toolbox you can five minutes get on a treadmill for five minutes go for a walk around your block for five minutes being outside in nature walking through nature anything any sort of jumping jacks fucking anything in you know again i'm not saying that this is going to help with every one of what your triggers are these are the things that I have implemented into my life that help me get switch that state whatever state I'm in whatever's triggering me because I know that my trigger I'm gonna go into depression so I know if I feel triggered I either need to move I need to meditate I got to set these boundaries I already know I'm aware of what it is so movement is so key and vital number five on the list of how to handle your holiday triggers Motherfucking Marshalls. That's right. Marshalls made the list. I'm not talking about fire marshal. I'm not talking about your uncle Marshall. I'm talking about Marshalls. I'm talking about the store that is the answer to all of your dreams. All of your dreams come true in Marshalls. Okay? If you don't go blast through Marshalls on an edible and a half a bottle of wine and in take a lap around that store and then go have a cry in the fitting room. You're not living your life to the fullest. That is a true statement. You've got to get in there. You can get a gift for anyone. Even, you know, someone you don't know. You get, you get gifts for future people you might meet. It is a magical place. I go there every time I come home. Marshall's just, it makes me feel happy. There's so many memories there. And, and literally you can get anything, a, your dog your aunt your dog walker your aunt who just became a lesbian your aunt who just transitioned your teacher your ex-boyfriend your friend's husband your mailman or woman or person there's a gift for everybody in marshall's marshall's is the gift really this holiday season and my sister and i have already been there we I went in a little stoned and, and started eating the snacks. I have to be honest. I did, I did sample. Try before you buy, right? Uh, I was in line eating the stuff that I had not purchased yet. And that made my sister laugh. <laughs> we always laugh so hard when we go into Marshalls. Because we just find things like, oh, yeah, I need some gym gloves. Oh, I need a new water bottle. Oh, my gosh, look at this. Christmas Eve wreath. I didn't even know that was a thing. They also have a Valentine's Day wreath. Well, I might as well get a wreath for every fucking holiday and just hang them up on the house and let people know I celebrate everything. Because I don't want to be canceled for not celebrating all the holidays. So I'm gonna buy all of the decorations. There's decorations, there's snacks. You can get bags of pasta. You know you can get bags of pasta, Marshalls? You can get olive oil, you can get avocado oil, you can get keto. They got a bunch they have a whole keto section. Do you need Himalayan sea salt? Fucking forget about it. They have a whole section of Himalayan sea salt. Hey, are you out of cacao? No worries. Blast over to Marshall's. They've got cacao, bags of cacao. Do you need some spicy seasonings? You better bet your bottom dollar you do. And you know who has it? Marshall's. You can can spice up your taco and you can decorate your house. Marshall's, that should be their new slogan. But I wanted to throw that in there because I freaking love Marshalls. So let's recap. How to handle your holiday triggers. Number one, we've got awareness, knowing what your trigger is, knowing what what that's going to look like for you. Is it your family? Is it the finances? Is it work? Is it the holidays in general? You have to know what your trigger is and you have to know what where you go when you get triggered. I know the holidays trigger me and I know I go into depression. You know, if the finances trigger you, Are you going to start drinking? It's it's important to understand where you're at in the line of being triggered. And I think with the holidays, we have so much going on. People are being broken up with. We have deaths. We have people getting laid off. When those things happen in regular, in the regular time, when there's not a holiday associated, not that it's not easy to deal with, it's it's a little bit more manageable, but you throw in the holidays and all of these things happening, it can be much harder to deal with and to manage. So that's why I wanted to make this list. So awareness, number one, boundaries, creating boundaries for yourself and boundaries for your family and showing up for your family and understanding what the boundaries are. Um, Number two, meditation. It can be used in so many different ways in so many different times of the day and it can really supplement a lot of different issues in your life. And I recommend when you're in theta, which is kind of when you're waking up and your brain is still getting rid of, of um, you know, getting rid of all that DMT and waking you up and shooting cortisol into your body. I think that's what happens. I don't know. I've heard a few podcasts. I could be wrong. But in that moment, early, early in the morning, I, I enjoy meditating. Then my phone's right there. I got my ear pods, boom, and I get it done. But I also will sometimes implement meditation as I see fit throughout the day, sometimes multiple times a day movement get moving motherfucker get that blood flowing once the blood flows the anxiety goes honestly it is such a foolproof way to manage your anxieties your depression your sorrow your uh, hyperactivity It is such a great way to deal with any sort of angst that you're experiencing and it's free You can go for a jog for free. You can go for a walk for free. You can do it for free and get creative. People learn that during quarantine. There's so many free things on YouTube and apps now, so there's no excuse. And number five, motherfucker, Marshalls. I'm a Maxinista. I'm a Marshalls girl. I am a Ross Dress for Less princess. I will include the links that discuss um, different triggers and put that in the show notes. I asked Twitter about their holiday triggers and I, I asked how they handle it. And I want to read off a couple of my favorites. People showed up, you know, people are experiencing triggers all over the world. And Twitter was no, um, did, did not, uh, disappoint. Where's the fricking, let's see. Let me see if I can freaking find it. I should have had this ready to go. I apologize. Where's our holiday triggers? Oh, that's a cute video. Uh, There's the deuce. Um, I said, it seems like the audacity supply chain hasn't been affected by COVID at all. Wonder where men store it all. That's hilarious. Thank you so much. Um, Did it get deleted? I hope it didn't get deleted. I had it right here. Maybe I've tweeted so much and I didn't even realize it. Hold on, guys. Here we go. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Um I did it get deleted? Whoa. Did Twitter delete me because I talked about holiday triggers? That's really freaking weird. Um or am I just Okay, here we go. Thank you. I wrote the holidays can be triggering breakups, illnesses, and deaths. The hits keep coming. Tell me how you cope with the holiday triggers. Here's some other triggers. Here's some other ways to deal with triggers that we've got on from uh, the fans on Twitter. Dogs. Great idea. Dogs are a great way. Also a great way to move. If you have a dog, get out there and move. Um, uh, Ignoring myself through consumerism. That's an honest approach. Shopping. I mean, I put Marshalls on the list. I can't hate it. Boozing and mocking relatives. Well, not the healthiest way, but I didn't say a healthy way to Handle your triggers I just asked how they cope So we have to We have to respect The honesty Lethal weapon marathons And Kill Bill 2 Movies We could have put movies on We could have done an M4 Meditation movement movies And Marshall's Crown Royal Another person Drinking This person said Being alone I use art and charity The art helps me express myself In ways I may not be able To with just talking And charity helps me Remind me that I can bring Happiness and peace Into the world I also Limit smoking weed to when I'm in a good mood Wow Look at you being conservative with the cannabis I'm not mad at it Same energy year round I only take the gun out of my mouth when I'm in public Wow That's deep um, This guy Jeff Porter A fan of mine Laughs in weed I appreciate that That's 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 a real approach Someone said shrooms Here's one of my favorites A little marijuana A little bit of pasta Forget about it Merry Christmas to you and yours Hashtag Maybay That's right Maybays You're my Maybays You've got this, Maybays. I'm not a doctor. Um, I am not somebody who claims to know everything. I can only share what I've experienced and i honestly think you guys can get through this awareness boundaries meditation movement and marshals i will put the list in the show notes i will put the links in the show notes don't forget to come see me new year's eve in syracuse at the funny bone with my girl kalia mcneil that's the 30th and 31st two shows each night to see me four opportunities to see me tickets are available on my website and i'm excited for the new year we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline that i've been working very hard on and i can't wait to share it with you guys I appreciate your support so much, and I hope seeking the truth never gets old.